3: been here my whole career the city has been great to me the, the, the franchise has been unbelievable to me and my family and uh you know i love this place so we'll see
4: god do you cringe at all
0: uh, or allow yourself to even think of mike evans playing in another team's jersey i don't even think about it i don't like to be asked about it i don't want to
3: know about it and i hope the hell that does not happen
2: Todd Bowles talking about Mike Evans. Before that, Mike Evans talking about Mike Evans. Contract expiring. They won't use the franchise tag on Mike Evans and pay him that exorbitant one-year salary. They weren't able to work out an extension before the season. Remember, there were reports and comments about negotiations falling apart and Evans' agent not being happy with what the Bucks were doing. It just feels like someone else is going to offer him more than what the Bucs will. He's still got a lot in the tank. He's been a special player for a long time. I think he's got, like... Every season of his career, a 1,000 yeah, yards, right? So, right? Every season, a right. 1,000 yards. He just keeps getting it done. He keeps getting it done. Every once in a while, he'll drop a pass, yeah. but that's okay right. because of what he does like this. Look at that catch near the end zone on Sunday against the Lions. So he'll go somewhere, and he'll make good money, and he'll still be a contributor and, uh, you know, maybe he'll be with a higher profile team and we'll see him more often in primetime.
5: Yeah, I think that's part of the reason maybe he doesn't get the respect he deserves on a national level. He is a little under the radar there in Tampa Bay. He's still a big time threat and weapon, as we see. I mean, he's a he's a huge human being. People I don't think realize that Mike Evans is six five. Right. So that's the first thing. And he can still go, as we saw on Sunday in Detroit. He can still run by people. He's still a wait. Are we going to play one on one here, right? He can run by us for a seventy-yard touchdown. He's capable of that. I think it all comes down to just a sweet spot and money. Uh, again, where he's at in his age, teams are going to be scared to throw huge money at him. We know guys at that age. Yes, you know it, it, it can sometimes fall quick, quick or drop off quick. And that scares teams because, you know, you got got a guy and you go, oh, yeah, he's really good. We give him three years of good money but only get one good year of, like, good play at him because he falls off a cliff physically. Uh, So I think it's all about finding that kind of right spot as far as the amount of money he asks for per year and the number of years and money guaranteed and all that. But, damn, he can still play. There's no doubt about that.
2: It'll be 31 in August. And, you know, not that long ago, the Buccaneers were one of the highest profile teams in the NFL because of Tom Brady. Even then, Mike Evans isn't the kind of guy to bring a lot of attention to himself. He's a quiet, reserved guy. He just goes out and kicks ass on the field and allows others to notice. He's opened up a lot more as he's gotten deeper into his career. He was incredibly shy early on, which is very normal and very natural. And he just, you know, if you were interviewing him, it was on you to have more questions ready because he was going to give you short answers, not because he was being truculent or difficult, but because he didn't have much to say. And he really has matured and grown and blossomed. He's one of the great players of the past decade, and we'll see that career continue, I would say, somewhere else. But who knows? Maybe when it's time to actually cut the cord on his decade with the Buccaneers, he decides to stick around, play with Baker Mayfield, Chris Godwin, and the rest of a team that made it to the Final Eight This year, the Bills made it to the final eight for the third straight year and lost the year before that. They made it to the AFC Championship. Yesterday, there was the end of season press conference of Sean McDermott, the coach, Brandon Bean, the GM. One of the things that came up was Stefan Diggs, who was in, to put it mildly, a slump the second half of the season. Here's a collection of comments from various folks about that slump. Into which Stephon Diggs slipped.
4: Uh, Steph's a great player. I love Steph, and and um, you know he was a phenomenal teammate. And um, so, you know, I like how the offense uh, found some rhythm though under Joe, and and, uh, and and Steph got back involved again at times there, especially down the stretch. And um, I think at least in the last two of three games, so to speak.
3: Steph's and he's a number one receiver. Um, you know, it's. I firmly believe that I'm not wavering off of that I still, I think teams listen, we have to continue to put weapons out there to keep teams from bracketing him or you know, locking him down in different ways to take him away they they know you're going to want him you, you know, so Steph can still play I'm sure he would love to have that you know that deep ball again. He'd be the first to tell you he's super competitive. He's going to work his tail off this off season, and and you know that's I don't I know there's various reasons or questions on this, or his production, all that, but um, I still see Steph as a number one receiver.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's
3: that's my brother.
5: You'll um, never catch me say anything other than a positive things. He he's been such a catalyst for this team and this offense over the last four years. He's he's done.
2: Um, just things that I can't thank him enough for in my career.
4: So, um, yeah.
2: That last comment from Alan was kind of weird. You never catch me saying anything other than positive. That implies that he does say it. He just doesn't. <laughs> I hear you. I he thought the, same what the thing. fallout would be right. if he said anything. Like, why would you say like just? I mean, that just was a weird, gratuitous remark that creates confusion. And one last thing before we move on. And this is very important. This is extremely important as it relates to the Sean McDermott press conference. As soon as I started watching that, the first thing I thought of is he's wearing the shirt that Creed gave to Jim in Secret Santa in season two of The Office. Do we have the photo of the Sean McDermott shirt? Because, Chris, I don't know if you've seen the episode. I have not. But Creed basically pulled an old shirt out of his closet and stuck it in a bag and gave it to Jim. Right. There's, there's, there's the shirt that Creed took out of his own closet and, And gave to Jim for Secret Santa. And here's the Sean McDermott shirt. So you could see why I would think. As soon as I saw that shirt, I thought that's the shirt that Creed gave to Jim. Although the sleeves do go all the way down to the wrists on Sean McDermott. They did not make it to the wrists on Jim. Anyway, Uh, uh, very important. High-level stuff. uh, Very high-level. That's why you watch his show. For the highest-level football analysis possible. By the way, all – oh, my son told me, season seven, season seven of The Office – the super fan extended episode is now available on Peacock as well. So even more you get for your five ninety nine dollars that you were complaining about not that long ago. The well, 5 dollars to watch a football game There's a lot more than five ninety nine. dollars Anyway, yeah. enough of that. Stephon Diggs, is he still a number one receiver? Yeah, well, he
5: is. He is a number one receiver. Now, listen, I don't think the offense necessarily suits him. That'd be the first thing I would say. Stephon Diggs is a route runner. That's his best thing. He is not go-go gadget, I got three rockets up my ass, and I'm going to catch a slant and run 70 yards for a touchdown, right? He rarely is the guy that, hey, I'm going to throw you a 70-yard bomb down the field. And the other night, again, he was matched up against a safety 60 yards down the field when he dropped that ball. It wasn't even a corner, right? Right. So that but but yes, why he had his best success was with what Brian Dayball Dayball from New England they really understand routes and how to do that stuff and teach it and believe in building plays around guys like Wes Welker or Julian Edelman who are incredible route runners and they find a niche with them in the offense. Stefan Diggs is more along those lines rather than superstar take the game over type of guy and their offense right now is a little bit like run like hey, it's superstar take over the game kind of guy it's not surgical as we know right and so they play an offense where it's a little bit like we want to throw the ball deep down the field except there's not guys that can run deep down the field and let's not forget, Joe Brady did a good thing, but you heard me say. Teams kind of caught on. You saw the other night. The, the, the Chiefs were all over their stuff, 100%. There's a reason Joe Brady only lasted a half a year as the Carolina Panthers' OC. I mean, again, so that they're, they're, that offense is not perfect for him. Where I will say, he's a number one wide receiver, sure. But is he an you know, lead number one wide receiver? Ah, I think that's totally fair to question. I mean, I can rattle off a whole bunch of receivers that I think you, I, most people in the world would take over Stefan Diggs when you really go through it. I mean, again, here just a few. I mean, we know you're taking Justin Jefferson and Tyree Kill, probably taking Jalen Waddle, CD, CD Lamb, Puka Nakua, A.J. Brown, probably taking Devontae Smith over him. At least I am in my book. D.J. Moore, no doubt about it. Probably both 49ers wide receivers. Mike Evans, how about Jamar Chase? Maybe T. Higgins even over him. Amari Cooper, Devontae Adams, George Pickens, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin. I mean, you can kind of go on and on a little bit with other guys that you go, ooh, I think it's kind of close between him there too. So like the days of him being a number one, oh, he gets doubled and they're worried about him all the time or we're going to put our best corner on him. That doesn't really happen. That's not who he is. Look at the play the other night, Mike. Mike, you remember the play where Josh Allen threw the ball in the end zone incomplete, late, right? Diggs is wide open underneath. Let me – let me, like, here, here's – now, he's open. He should have hit it. Now, I mean, he could have thrown to him. He gets hit as he's throwing this ball, everybody. Shakir, he's going to throw a touchdown here. But as he's throwing, his left tackle is hitting him because he's getting pushed back. But when we, when we re-rack this, I want you to watch again, Mike, and just let this play one more time if you can, guys. They are doubling Shakir and the receiver at the bottom of the screen and not Stephon Diggs here. Just so you know. 27 and 22 on your left are doubling Shakir down the middle of the field. The two guys on the right doubled the receiver on the right. So there's the the Kansas City Chiefs, the best defense in football and one of the biggest moments of the game and they weren't like, "Oh, let's double Stephon Diggs," right? They went no. They, they, we're not worried about him. He doesn't deserve that type of special attention. Now, He's really damn good. I'm, I know that, but I'm just saying he's not a superstar like some of the other guys we know in football right now.
2: They didn't even have a guy on him. They had two guys in zone. No, it looked like. exactly they right. They were letting right a linebacker just just letting him run free underneath. Right.
5: Right. I know. I know. And and again, we we know we got in this conversation a little bit the first time they played the Kansas City Chiefs, right? You know, he talked about being doubled, and I think it was Justin Reed added you on Twitter and said, the thing is, we never doubled him the whole game. And, you know, again, he gets favored. Certainly teams are aware of him, and they throw clouds over him. But to think it's like, oh, we're going to double him like it's Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson or Odell Beckham Jr. in their prime— Absolutely not, and that's where I don't think the offense fits right now, and it feels weird around the whole situation with Buffalo and Stephon Diggs, and I'm going to be very interested to see where it all goes.
2: Based upon the game book from Chiefs-Bills divisional round, Stephon Diggs was on the field for 90% of the offensive plays. That percentage led all receivers on the Bills. He was on the field 15 more snaps on offense than Khalil Shakur. Khalil Shakir. Yeah. Shakir was targeted more times than Diggs. He was targeted nine times. Diggs was targeted eight times. Even though Diggs was on the field 15 snaps more than Shakir. And Shakir had seven catches on nine targets for 44 yards. And he would have thrown in that last one. Should have been eight catches on nine targets. And not just 44 yards, 74 yards and two touchdowns instead of one. Diggs on eight targets had three catches for 21 yards on the night. So something's off with Diggs and the Bills. And, and it it raises the question, just like we talked about earlier with Jalen Hurts, is Stephon Diggs going to want out? But the problem is, what do you do about that contract? When he's getting paid toward the top of the market with an extension they gave him a couple of years ago, It's was kind of a correction because all the other great receivers were getting great contracts. What do you do about this? How do you deal with this? Where is the team that's going to say, we can take Stephon Diggs, pay him as a number one receiver? And he'll be our number one receiver as opposed to someone else, especially at the time, Chris, when every year, what are we seeing in the NFL? We're seeing more and more great receivers come out. Exactly. like running backs now. Right. so many guys who can catch the ball. So I'm going to pay a guy who's 30 who seems to be fading. Right. Frankly, we love Stephon Diggs. This is difficult for us because we love Stephon Diggs. He's awesome, dude. He seems to be fading. Right. His contract doesn't justify the production or the performance or the attention he's getting from opposing defenses. Why are we going to trade for him when we could just draft a guy, take our chances, and if we get it wrong, the financial investment is minimal?
5: No, I I think those are fair questions. They are, and you know I think we're in my perfect world where if I'm the Bills and you know if they decide to stay with him, like I, like we're saying, he's still number one. It's just not superstar take over the game number one. I don't think you anymore put him in the top half of the league in the number one categories there, right? But I think I what. Think- you yeah. rattled off more than top half I, of the league. I know. You I, rattled off a lot of names, and you didn't mention Cooper Cup. I, I Exactly right. I didn't because, you know, he was kind of banged up this year, and I kind of left him off, and you're right. I didn't mention him. And there's a few others I didn't mention that I think are worthy of, like, you know, hey, you get into Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave and some other guys where you go, whoa, they make a lot of big game-changer type of plays. Who would you rather have, right? But that's where I get back into, you know, how they use him. And if they're going to keep Joe Brady or if they're going to move on to another offensive coordinator, they got to find more plays and routes and things and stuff that fit him. That's where his value is. And then go out in the draft or free agency and get that speed guy, the guy we're talking about that can maybe catch a slant and go 60 yards or run by the defense for a 50-yard bomb and a touchdown. And then that will also make Steph Von Diggs look a whole lot better too. Right. The other thing is he does he doesn't have a whole lot of other things in that offense that back people off of him or or take the bright lights off of him all the time. As we've said a million times in the past, it's the Josh Allen show, and then after that it becomes okay. Yes, yeah, Stephon Diggs, and as we're trying to tell people here, it's not like you know he's the the guy that can take over the game anymore in, in that capacity.
2: The Chiefs, as we've already said, don't defend him the way that we would assume that they did he had made the comment he's getting double teamed all the time they didn't double team him when they played earlier this year this is trent mcduffie he said i feel like what they were doing they were trying to run the ball they put big personnel and i think they figured we were going to double him tonight which we didn't Legarius sneed last seen manhandling tyree kill in the wild card round set of digs he knew what was up he knew he wasn't going to get The ball a lot. He wasn't frustrated. But, you know, after the game, and this is an article on The Athletic from Matthew Fairburn about Diggs in the locker room. Diggs has gotten away with just kind of, you know, the Marshawn Lynch routine of not talking to reporters. And the other receivers talked. He didn't. And you're supposed to be available after every game, you're supposed to be available during the week. And I think you know, there's a dance there where the media that covers a team will look the other way because they don't want to have a bigger problem with the organization by complaining about one player and it's not going to make it better. It just makes it confrontational and it just makes it awkward for everyone when they show up for work. But still, this routine, and we love Stefan Diggs. When we, it's one of the favorite interviews when we're at Super Bowl week. And I don't know if he's even going to show up this year after everything that's gone on this season. But the routine of, you know, sulking and it doesn't work when you're not playing great. It doesn't work when, you know, it just, that's been the one concern I've always had. And I understand he's highly competitive, but so is everybody else. Guys are highly competitive. Guys lose games. Guys still talk to reporters and the, I'm just really competitive and I'm upset because I'm competitive thing that, that wears thin after a while, because again, they're all competitive. And you see him standing there meeting the media after a devastating moment, Jordan Love, after committing the mortal sin as he called it of throwing the ball across his body. He didn't avoid reporters. He didn't he didn't say no when reporter approaches him in the locker room and asks if he'll talk. When he has a mandatory obligation under the NFL rules to talk. So as much as we love Stefan Diggs, I feel like somebody at some point needs to tell him, Man, look, you've just you gotta do what everybody else is doing. It's one thing to have a separate set of rules when you are one of the best receivers in the NFL. As you begin to fade down the stack, you're not going to get the benefit of a second set of rules anymore, Chris. Yeah, exactly
5: right. Uh, That's the the way it is in the NFL. And, you know, the pecking order, the the hierarchy of the locker room, whatever. Yeah, you're a superstar. You can do special things that go above and beyond the coaching of the football team. You get away with more than everybody else in the football team. And... You know, yeah, he's not that guy anymore, but he's still getting away with, I'm sure, plenty because of his value there. We know he's damn good still. He is. But yeah, I think, you know, the attitude, the not talking to the media, all that, some of the things that happened over, you know, before last year, leaving the building during OTAs or minicamp, it's fair to question all of this stuff. It certainly is. And also, yeah, there's times where you just go, I don't understand, you know, the, 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 the discontent anyways, when like you still had 107 receptions this year, you were still targeted almost as much as anybody in football. And I think that's where we all look at it and kind of just go, wait, what, what is there to be so unhappy about or annoyed with uh, so much
2: of the time? The other thing too, you mentioned how he doesn't fit the Joe Brady offense. What did we hear earlier this week from Josh Allen, quarterback of the Bills? He wants Joe Brady I to know. Come back as the offensive coordinator. Right. Right. So there's a you know it's a little the Jalen Hurts thing. Got, I want
5: to go like, hey, we don't need buddies being your coach here. You know, saying the yeah. same thing, right? I'm right. not a fan of that. Right. The best the best quarterbacks through history, whatever, their buddies weren't coaching them. Right. Bill Walsh was making Joe Montana feel uncomfortable even after he won two Super Bowls. Tom Brady never had a day feeling good, and he was like, "Wait, I'm already the goat, and they act, they treat me like I'm a backup here in New England." I mean, so that's that's the way it works in football, and that's what I'd I'd say the same thing to Josh Allen as I would have said about the Jalen Hurts thing.
2: And by the way, one last thing on Diggs, yeah. a lot of big name. Free agent receivers this year as well, complicating any effort to trade him. At some point, he's going to have to redo that contract. He's just going to have to take less money to reflect his current value in the broader receiver pecking order, and he may not like that. I mean, I don't know what the end game is here, but if he's not going to accept taking less from the Bills or somebody else, you know, I don't at some see point, that happening. Those may, just have, they may yeah. just have to cut him. They may just have to cut him. They may just have to. I have to look at the cap consequences because it could be a bigger problem for them to cut him from a cap standpoint than to just pay him. But it's, it's, it's going to be one of the stories of the off season. All right. We need to take a break when we do, when we do return, we'll close the book on the 2023 bills, Texans, bucks and Packers with a game of which doesn't belong and why that's next here on PMT. Jerry Alexander, thank you, Lambeau, for six years. Thank you to those who showed love throughout my journey. What? What does that imply? What does that imply? Does that that implies he's that not he thinks there? he's not he going to be there.
5: And I yeah, that's certainly it was odd to me. I mean, it, this is they just invested in him, but we know at the end of the year with the coin toss stuff, and I don't know, did something else go on? But. That's kind of a shocking statement to put put out in social media right there.
2: On that Christmas – not Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve game, Vikings-Packers before the game, Rodney Harrison made a couple comments about J.R. Alexander on Football Night in America, suggesting that maybe Rodney knows and has heard that that he wants out, that he's not happy, that he doesn't fit the defense, et cetera, et cetera. So another name to put on the radar screen of potential trade targets, potential guys on the move that we – might not have expected to be on the move during the 2024 offseason. All right, which doesn't belong and why. That's the game we're going to play for the divisional round losers. We're going to set up the Bills by letting you hear from Josh Allen on how Sean McDermott did this year, plus a little McDermott on the Bills' outlook for the future. Here they are.
5: I thought he did a great job, and I think he had a lot on his plate this this year, you know, us being 6-6. Six and six. Having the confidence in, in in the guys in this locker room, um, never panicked once throughout the season. You know a lot of BS that happened too um, off the field that shouldn't have happened. But um, again, I think we rallied around him, and, and you know he did a lot of really great things for this team this last year.
4: I don't think you start by tearing. You know, you don't. It's, this is not a situation where you. <laughs> You strip it down to the studs. You start all over. I mean, we've done a lot of good things, and and the players have done a lot of good things. Um, I think you really start with understanding the success that we've had and how we've gotten it, and then you make tweaks along the way. Brandon's done, um, along with the personnel staff and our our coaching staff, a great job of um, of finding ways to build it and put it together uh, each year, I mean, to, to sustain it for now five straight years six straight years whatever it's been six out of seven i think that's i think you know one of the hardest things to do in sports and i think that when you can do that is when you give yourself a chance to win a championship um and that's that's what we've done and that's what we're going to continue to try and do
2: i'm not all that surprised that the head coach of the Bills would say you don't strip it down to the studs because if you strip it down to the studs, the head coach may end up in the dumpster with all the other stuff you pull out of the house as you're remodeling it. I hear you. No, he wants to stay the course. Brandon Bean wants to stay the course. They have a clear self-interest in saying we want to stay the course. We have to acknowledge that. They're not going to come in and say we need dramatic changes. Ownership needs to step in here and make some dramatic changes, not including us, other people, not us. That's the most obvious change. that Fire McDermott was trending on X the other night. Bills fans, want, when you've got Mike Vrabel, Bill Belichick, and Jim Harbaugh out there, throwing Pete Carroll for crying out loud, all the Bills fans want a Super Bowl. They don't care if you hire a 72-year-old coach. Hell, Marv Levy was the general manager 15 years ago in his 80s. We don't care about that. We just want to win, baby. So, I, you know, I... I hear they, you, Mike. They keep doing the same thing over yeah, and over and over again. Right. They've got six years of Josh Allen's career gone, right. and they don't have a Super Bowl appearance to show for it. How confident are you there's going to be a Super Bowl appearance in the next six years?
5: I hear you. The, the, hey, listen, this is, this is the year. This, this is a year where, I mean, there's no doubt. I don't expect them to get fired up there in Buffalo. I don't, I don't think they should. You know me. I'm a believer in what they've done up there. I'm a huge believer in Sean McDermott and his coaching abilities. I am. Brandon Bean, you know, as Sean McDermott said, has done a great job of making that roster good, relevant, whatever. Like we've talked about though.
2: How do you how can you well, say, that, we, we say that? Well, hold on, let me finish my statement, the-
5: lawyer counselor. Hold on. But having said that, Yes, there's still things that are missed on that roster, in my opinion, from Brandon Bean of those next level players, right? We've hit this a lot, you know, again, we'll just talk about the chiefs the other day. How many all pros do the chiefs have on their football team? How many do the bills have? Let's just go there. Okay. The quarterback's all pro. We know that, right? The tight ends all pro, right? The offensive line. I mean, Tooney's all-pro. Creed Humphrey is all-pro caliber. He probably didn't make it this year, just missed out. Chris Jones is all-pro. Trent McDuffie is all-pro. Lejarius Sneed is all-pro. If Nick Bolton's not hurt at middle linebacker for half the year, he's all-pro caliber there as well. I voted him for second-team all-pro last year. So that, again, that to me is where the ball is being dropped. A lot of nice and meat and potatoes there in Buffalo on the roster. There's got to be some difference makers. Did anybody say one name? Did anybody pop to you on the defensive side of the ball the other night in Buffalo? Was there? Who's one guy that had a good game in that side of the ball, right? There's nobody. You can even go, oh, they made a big play or, oh, they did this. or oh. I mean, nothing. They were averaging over seven yards per play. I mean, that's insane. That's insane in the NFL in a playoff football game. There's not enough there, and then it goes on the same side of the offensive side. It was all Josh Allen running up the middle for three, scramble around, throw a laser in for four yards. They were relegated to have to play that style of football because they were outmanned against the Chiefs. And that's where they got to go back to the drawing board, and that's where, to me, Brandon Bean certainly has a little work left on on his plate there is to get those type of football players in Buffalo.
2: And so now we get to our game of which doesn't belong and why veteran head coaches whose teams lost in the divisional round. Sean McDermott, Todd Bowles, Matt LaFleur, which doesn't belong and why. Matt LaFleur doesn't belong. I mean, I,
5: I you know, I mean, one, the other two deserve some scrutiny and we can dissect them and all of that. I mean, Matt LaFleur, all he does every year is just exceed expectations, deal with crap, overcome it, right? had the 49ers on the ropes with Jordan Love at quarterback in the first year and really outplayed them. Game plan was perfect. I mean, come on, Matt LaFleur, does, is, he, is he a guy ever going to get any respect? I mean, it's it's, it's good. number 1 seed in the playoffs, number 2 seed in the playoffs, MVP twice. Quarterback's annoying and causes issue with the organization, no problem. He keeps it cool. I'm going Matt LaFleur there.
2: Yeah, I, I am too. Okay. Now, I would have yeah. gone Todd Bowles if we yep. hadn't spent 20 minutes earlier in the show, unscheduled, unscripted, <laughs> unplanned, talking about the Todd Bowles. Because of the three, Todd Bowles is the only one that waved the white flag prematurely in a division around law. So I would have said him. But I'll agree with you on LaFleur. Hey, LaFleur, I, I, I can't disclose my AP ballot, but my PFT ballot yeah. for awards. Right. LaFleur was on mine. I've said that before. LaFleur deserves... More respect and appreciation for what he's done Yes. after tiptoeing around the delicate genius who is Aaron Rodgers for all those years and not, not getting into a big fight. Having Aaron Rodgers never pissed off at Matt LaFleur is an accomplishment in and of itself once they got past the whole audible thing during LaFleur's first year on the job. But he's done a much better job than he gets credit for. I agree with you. He's one of the best coaches in the NFL, and he doesn't get, he doesn't get nearly enough praise for it. All right, next topic. Quarterback, offensive coordinator combinations who lost in the division round: Josh Allen and Joe Brady, C.J. Stroud and Bobby Slowick, Baker Mayfield and Dave Canales. Which doesn't belong, and why? Josh Allen and Joe Brady. I, I you know. I look at C.J. Stroud and Bobby Slowick.
5: I mean, arrow pointing up, trajectory upward. I mean, you know, strap in for launch, takeoff. I, they're whoa. I mean, what they did. Baker Mayfield and Dave Canales, same thing. I mean, it's it just like they hit a point in week eight or nine where it all went the right way. The future is bright. Josh Allen and Joe's, bro, Joe Brady, I, I don't feel as confident saying those type of things. You know, Could there be a bright future? Sure. You know, Is there more I'd like to see out of that offense? Sure, right? You know, do I think they use Stefan Diggs the right way? No, I don't. So, yeah, that's why I'll go Josh Allen and Joe Brady here.
2: I'm going to say Stroud and Sloak because that relationship might already be over because of the three, I think Sloak is the most likely to become a head coach yeah, in this cycle unless he doesn't want anything to do with Carolina and Dave Canales decides, what the hell, I'll go work for David Tepper I instead of waiting another year uh, for the next cycle, which is what I'd recommend anyone, frankly, at this point who's considering the opportunity to be the coach of the Panthers. That's just my own opinion. That's not a fact. But I do believe it to be more likely factual than not that Bobby Slowick exits Houston. And that's that's going to be one of the realities of this great Texans team. you got a great quarterback. He's going to get a lot of guys hired as head coaches. Will the new offensive coordinator always be good enough to get the most out of C.J. Stroud? That's going to be one of the challenges when you don't have an offensive head coach. We're going to take a break. When we return, are we on the verge of having another head coach being hired? And could it be a guy who's currently a very successful college coach? We'll discuss that next year on PFT Live. Who's got it better than us? Well, definitely Jim Harbaugh, coach of the defending national champions in demand in a couple of NFL cities. Doesn't have to worry about not having a car got enough money to buy any car that he wants. And he's going to have a lot more of it. Reportedly in striking distance as of yesterday afternoon with the Chargers. That was a report from NFL media. Now, when you hear that, you expect it to be done fairly soon. Still not done. Makes you wonder. And one of the rumblings on the grapevine over the weekend, maybe Jim wants a little more than the Chargers will pay. Chargers are very sensitive about the perception that they aren't willing to pay. But maybe Harbaugh wants a little more. Michigan's got a huge offer on the table. Atlanta's still in the mix. Is this a situation where his agent Don Yee, new agent with a lot of NFL experience, trying to play one against the other to get the best possible financial offer for Jim Harbaugh?
5: Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure that's going, you know, going or certainly what, what it's about to a degree. Also, I mean, Jim Harbaugh does have a little reputation of, you know, hmm, ha, hmm, I'm not sure <laughs> like doing that. We know that last year with the Denver Broncos. I mean, he said yes, he said no, he said yes, he said no. Uh, so he's kind of always a little bit, little bit slow to kind of dip his foot in the water and jump in there all the way. But I don't think it should be a surprise that the Chargers are the ones in the leader house here. I mean, we know last year he tried to get that job when there was rumors about they might not stay with Brandon Staley. Harbaugh and Sean Payton were working the angles to be that guy in case they fired Brandon Staley. So here we are, you know, year later that happens. Staley's gone, and yeah, the Chargers are very, very appealing to any head coach candidate out there because of
2: that quarterback and some of the things they got on the roster. Right, but there are other things in the organization that I think give Mm -hmm. folks some pause, and they don't know who the Jen Randalls is going to be with the charges either. So that may be part of these negotiations and discussions. Who are you going to hire to be the GM? How much power am I going to have as the head coach? But having Justin Herbert is a significant attraction for Jim Harbaugh. Again, he's in the mix in Atlanta. None of the other teams with vacancies have shown interest yet, and he could stay at Michigan and make a ton of money. The only question there is at some point the NCAA – may make it impossible for Michigan to keep him as the head coach with the issuance of what they call a show-cause order, if that's what happens as a result of these multiple pending investigations involving Jim Harbaugh. We take a break. When we return, it says keep it generic. More PFT Live. I'll keep it generic. More PFT Live next. Stay with us.
3: High formation, toss to McCaffrey. Big hole, and he runs out across the 30, breaks a tackle, he's gone!
1: Touchdown! CMC!
3: Baker leans in, there's the snap, blitz comes, Mayfield back, loads, throws. Picked up yes! by the Lions! It is lifted by the Lions! It is lifted by the Lions! Derek Barnes! Derek Barnes! Yes! Derek Barnes! <laughs> oh, baby! going to San Francisco. Mahomes looks that way. He's going to go wide open, left side caught. Kelsey corner out, touchdown. Kansas City. Cassie hasn't been that open since training camp in St. Joseph.
0: Oh!
2: Man, that's a new one korean right radio there at the end whoa korean radio i like that it. that shot the shot from under the goal post is so extra painful because it looks so much like the scott norwood miss from 33 years ago this month in super bowl 25 to the light of a young christopher Sims, yeah may of every bills fan there's another wide right and they put the ultimate on the cbs broadcast the ultimate jinx. On Tyler Bass before that kick Jim Nance was landed on so thick about how Sean McDermott believes in him and puts a whole season on him if he has to and that thing just squirts right
5: yeah it, incredible I mean it, it just it, what's crazy is just the the hard right turn it took when it first went up in the air you went oh he crushed it it's going down in the middle and all of a sudden it just went boom and it didn't look that windy, uh, but I don't know. Maybe wind did catch it. You, you, the, the flags at the top of the, the field goal poles there don't always tell the real truth there with that situation.
2: When we see those balls move, it's just amazing how they move. Yeah, They're going one way, and then they like move in midair. It's just amazing what the kickers can do to control the ball when they put it between the uprights. Not amazing when it starts good and ends up bad. we got to take a break. When we return, we're going to dive into some prop bets for Championship Sunday. That's next here on PFT Live.
3: I've got some Taylor Swift songs on my phone. I do. I do.
4: why did they be the this week? <laughs> no. I mean, what does that have
3: to do with it? She's dating the opponent. <laughs> <laughs> Is it it's time to this press conference? <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it.
2: <laughs> John Harbaugh getting ready for Taylor Swift visiting M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore on Sunday. You know she'll be there. Jason Kelsey will be there. Shirt optional. We'll see. We'll see what what creative manicuring of his chest hair that he's done. I can't this wait weekend. If Travis gets the touchdown pass.
5: Well, well I, I just don't get. Like, I'm amazed. Of, it just the the polar opposites to the reaction of like some people love it and think it's cool and then there's just this faction of people that, I mean she's the worst thing in the world and I can't stand watching football because she's there. I just, I don't get that. I don't.
2: It's yes, it's. Uh, I don't get it either, but I do get it because it's a reflection of broader divisions that we have and we all retreat to our corners and we find things to be mad about or wonder why people are mad about it that's kind of what it is but there's one group out there that is always looking for something to be mad about and always looking for something to complain about when it comes to the things people do you know of their own volition whenever they feel like doing it all right we feel like doing some conference championship odds courtesy of DraftKings. which quarterback will have the most passing yards on conference championship sunday brock purdy the favorite at plus 140 then jared goff patrick mahomes Lamar Jackson at the long shot, 8-1. to one. Who do you think, Chris, what's the best wager that you see on that board? I, I look at the one there. The, the the
5: Brock Purdy one is the one I would have thought of without even seeing the odds. I, I would have. One, I do expect a bounce back game. He didn't play well. We know that. He missed some throws. He played bad. And he showed once again that when it gets the ball gets a little wet, he can't control it at all. Uh, I think it's going to be good weather there this weekend in San Francisco, but not only between bounce-back game and we know the Lions, good run defense, usually go all in to stop the run, and we know that not that great in the secondary. I'd like to know if Debo Samuel is going to be healthy. That'll be a big part of it, but I would bet on Brock Purdy to be the yardage leader uh, come Sunday night when it's all said and done.
2: I think it's – I don't want to tip my – I still don't know who I'm going to pick.
5: Goff has a chance to be there too. Goff has a chance. I would say Goff. The Lions have things. It doesn't mean I'm picking the Lions to win. I hear you. The Lions have things, though, Micah, we talk about a lot of the times that match up well with the 49ers, right? You know, one, they can run the ball. Two, their O line can protect. So that front four, they're not going to be able to just go, oh, we're going to get there easily. And then you've always heard me say. You know, if you want to attack the 49ers, you throw the ball outside the numbers and down the field a little bit, like we saw the Packers do the other night, which they did a, quite a few times, you know, there's plays there to be had and Detroit, Jared Goff, they're not afraid to throw the ball down the field and outside the numbers. So, you know, I, from that aspect, there is some, some avenues there where I could see him having some big day or
2: big plays passing the ball. Next up, will any starting quarterback this weekend throw for four or more passing touchdowns? The odds for all of them is plus 150. Patrick Mahomes has 19 in his career. For any of them is plus 150. Not all of them. Any of them is plus 150. Thank you, Pete. Patrick Mahomes has 19 for his career. Only one this year. Brock Purdy has three this year. Who do you like of any of them to have four or more passing touchdowns this weekend? I think I'd still go, I'd
5: probably still go Brock Purdy here. Mahomes or Brock Purdy would be the ones I'd look at, right? I look at like Kansas City. Hey, they're one of those teams that'll get to the two or three yard line, and we know they're probably going to throw the ball in for a touchdown. You know, like we saw last week, a little screen pass out to Kelsey, whatever. So they're one of those teams where he might not have huge numbers or stats, but when they get close, and that's why he's awesome, he gets them in with one of his great throws. Rock Purdy, I'd throw him out there. Again, a little bit of the same reasons, and we know that they're creative down near the goal line to find ways to get touchdown passes too. But those would be the two I'd lean on.
2: Or just one of those Mahomes gadget plays where they just flip the ball like the McColls. Sure, and right. They find a lot of ways. Thing exactly. And fumble out of the end zone. Right. That was a touchdown pass. Oh, the I got a night, bone to pick traveled, with you on you know, that, too. too far.
5: I got a bone to pick with you. You what? like to, like, talk about it and not really argue about it when we're on on here. And then you, you write an article basically crapping all over the rule and you don't let me defend
2: it. and It bothers me. I feel like you're avoiding that conversation with me. Start start a website, work on it for twenty three years, and then you can write whatever you want. <laughs> now
5: I'm just going to be here and here talking to the guy that made the article, and I'm going to talk about it. And discuss you and
2: it. I tomorrow's opening is going to. You be and this, I have okay? agreed. No, listen, <laughs> you and I have agreed on a compromise. The ball goes to the defense at the spot of the fumble, not at the twenty. We've agreed on. Okay, that. good. We, we, we there's nothing more to argue. Did about. you? I don't be like you I wrote that, like in, the the rule, you that in the article. Did you write that in the article? I don't know. Maybe I did. No, I don't think you did. I think you left that out. I I think you did.
5: So make sure you clarify that next time, okay?
2: (laughs) I forgot. I forgot. Don't you forget on DraftKings Sportsbook, this NFL playoffs, new customers can bet $5 in pocket, $200 in bonus bets instantly, plus all customers can get a a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code PFTLive. When you sign up, DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Please wager responsibly. More PFTLive right after this. I guess we can say mission accomplished. This is a tweet that was sent to Chris's podcast in response to a call for questions. Mark Lou says, just an FYI, I'm a Baltimore fan, and I only checked out PFT Live because of the kick this shit out of the Ravens thing. I know I now love the show. I now love the show and listen every morning at my desk. Funny how that goes. I didn't intend it, but hey, welcome, Mark. Welcome. We're glad that you discovered us. Through my own stupidity, through the dumb thing I said that a month ago tomorrow came to fruition. We're glad, Mark, that that was your path to joining the PFT Live crowd. Yeah, welcome,
5: Mark. That's right. That's what happens. It's like you want to hate us and not like us. And then you hear us talk and we just bring you in and you're sucked under our power. And now you got to hear us and all our stupidity. But uh, welcome, Mark. Uh, welcome to the show, PFT Live. That's that jerk. That's that jerk, Florio. I'm Chris Sims. I'm the one with all the
2: brains. I think you know that by now. <laughs> and look, I'm not here to say whether or not what we do is any good, but I will say it's different than anything else you're going to find. It's a different type of conversation. It's a different level of analysis. And we say shit from time to time. <laughs> and Sorry, London. Know, others, there's a, There's at least one other show that does that, but we do all of it. We'll do it again tomorrow. We'll do it live. (laughs) Read graphic for final two points. See See ya Thursday. (laughs) You're on fire.